Welcome to the Open House Podcast. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, techniques, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So, subscribe, leave a review, uh, tell your friends about it. It all helps us out a lot. Uh, Today, we've got Tyree and George and myself, James, here today to talk about weightlifting. What's up, guys? Have you guys been training hard all week? Yeah, training has improved a lot. Uh, My bicep is kind of chilling now, so I've been able to handle all the volume and all the intensity that was prescribed, but it is deload week too, so that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's been a nice week. I was shocked how good I felt all week. My shoulders are tired, but everything's been moving well. Clean's been moving well. Banded clean pulls have been moving really well, which I was shocked by. So I, I told Amanda earlier this week, I felt like something was wrong with me. Because when we had the, what was it, six by three or five by three banded back squats, I looked at her and said, I wish we had tens. I just felt really <laughs> good. And I just wish that we had three by 10 banded back squat at 70%. Don't know why, but it just felt really good. So it's moving. Mm, yeah. You know what? Uh, I think you're actually the only one that uh, has the banded back squats because everyone else has chains. chains. Um, and banded back squats are like the next level up. That's like, it's rough. Um, chains are pretty easy and they're manageable, but like banded back squats feel like they're pulling you down to hell. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, they, uh, that's a different type of, uh, type of rough, you know, the banded pulls are tough too, but they're like, they're not tough right when you start because the deadlift right off the floor still feels easy. And it's just like, Oh, this is kind of surprising at the top, Mm -hmm. but banded back squats, you unrack that bar and it's like full tension pulling you all over the place and uh yeah it's a it's a rough start honestly the first couple reps with the band the warm-up sets feel terrible because as soon as you unhook it like you said it just yanks you it's not enough weight to even try to like slow it down you take 70 kilos out of the rack and it just yanks you back three inches that's a wake up yeah um i will say i i did buy some stuff uh yesterday or the day before i bought some pins or a power rack from Sornex so that we could uh, add the bands to the power rack a lot easier. So, you know, maybe we'll have some more banded back squats coming up here in the future. Um, the uh, like West Side, West Side and Mash get the big, thick black bands. They look like they're going to die every time I see them pull those out. I don't understand how they're using 150 pounds of band tension on each side. It looks miserable. Yeah, I was I gonna say I'm not gonna lie. Rough. Yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie to you. And I seen you use green, and I was like, okay, I just ordered these new band sets. I pulled out the black ones, put them on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. like, there's no way. Nope. I was like, I'll stick to green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, they're way worse than you expect. I did Maybe add like, like a plate to make it worse, so I am standing on a block just to have an extra little inch because the bottom position so low. But yeah, no, the the bands are much worse than you expect. Yeah, if it's like 50 or 60%, maybe the black bands, but not 70. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, one time we, uh, when I was doing powerlifting, we had a max effort day because uh, we kind of followed that West Side thing. Um, and it was a max effort uh, chain day. So there was like no weight added to the bar. We just kept adding chains. And uh, we had a lot of chains because we had like a whole gym and we had enough chains for each rack. Um, but we just kind of centered, we just used all of the chains on one bar and we were doing, um, 
we were doing floor press, max effort floor press with just chains. And uh, it's crazy how heavy it got. I think we tried it with bands, but like bands just have like a different feel. Like chains, it's not as extreme and it's kind of heavy, but bands, it's just like, all right, you got it. And then like all of a sudden you go up to that next black band or something. And then it's just like, nope, it's just not even going. You know, it's a, uh, yeah. I feel like chains feel different. more, chains feel balanced to me. Um, yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. Yeah, it, it, it seems like chains are like a mix between a Smith machine. Yeah, it, it gives you that like straight up and down like a Smith machine. When you have the bands and they're touching the ground, you feel really centered to just go straight up and down. Bands, no. Bands, you're worried about dying the whole time. Yeah, well, there's some benefit to that. Uh, whenever you feel like you're about to die, you kind of activate more muscle. Um, I think that's why they like they did some EMG things on like, um, you know, rope climbs, and you know, like you grip harder when you're doing a rope climb because you feel like you're gonna die because you if you fall you you know you get injured. Um, but if you're just doing pull ups, you know, you might be doing it on the same like doing rope pull-ups right next to the ground, it's not as much because you don't have that, that fear, that risk of, uh, risk of injury. There's not as many consequences. Maybe that's what, uh, bands add. They, ban- they, uh, they add those consequences for you. So thinking about that, well, I, and I've purposely, I am coming out of the bottom way faster than I used to with the bands. So that was noticeable this week, but what you said about the feeling like you're going to die thing, uh, crossfitter, Dan Bailey a few years ago, he said that the reason he suicide grips his jerks is because he thinks he's going to die and then it makes him, it helps him make the jerk. And I don't agree with that on the jerk. I don't see how, but I mean, he had decent numbers. He was, I mean, he was probably clean jerk, like 155. Um, But everybody that ends up going to CrossFit Mayhem, all of their elite males end up switching to that suicide grip on the jerk because Rich also does it. I was. So I don't know say, what he's yeah. telling them, but the, I, everybody who goes there and trains with Rich, all of a sudden they start doing that suicide grip on their jerk. I mean, he jerks. He's clean jerked one seventy five. So I mean, decent numbers. I I just I don't understand it, but I don't clean jerk one seventy five. Yeah, it's it seems like an unnecessary risk. Um, I wonder if it has something to do with CrossFit. Uh, it's just because they do so many reps or something and just having the thumb wrapped, it probably puts a lot of pressure on the wrist. Yeah. I was going to say, I think Rich started it because of an injury. Maybe he was trying to still train around it. I don't know why Rich started, um, but they're the only, yeah, they're the only gym that I know where it's, it's a thing. Once you go there, you just take your thumb off. Hmm. I mean, they hook grip, they'll hook grip. They're clean. And then, on their re-rack, slide the thumb under, and it's, I mean, it, it works for them. It's, they're better yeah. guys that are doing it, so it's working. You know what? I've never tried it, so I don't even know. Maybe I'll try it one of these days. Um, so speaking of suicide grip, I used to train with this guy. His name is Clayton, and he uh, was a rugby player. And uh, so he's kind of just like a, like a tough guy, uh, pretty strong. Um, but uh, I, I guess he had really weak thumbs. Cause like when he would do his deadlifts, he just wouldn't wrap his thumb. And then, uh, and then one day we had rope climbs. So our, uh, our gym back then was like in this horse barn and, uh, it had the second story where you would like normally have like a hayloft, uh, 
but we just tied a rope up there and we would do our rope climbs up to the second story and then just like swing into the hayloft. Uh, it was kind of a cool setup, but this guy Clayton, uh, he would, uh, he would suicide grip his, uh, rope climbs and that freaked me out because I mean, it, it was, it was a pretty high, uh, you know, you're climbing up to the second story. So, uh, I don't know, maybe 25 feet, 30 feet. And he would just go with no thumb on a rope climb. Um, it was pretty impressive. Uh, he had a strong grip. Um, I think I tried it once. I made it like five feet. I was just like, I can't hold on. Like <laughs> he's just going to slip right off. That seems sketchy. Uh, that seems, I can't, yeah, his grip has got to be ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it was just like his fingers, his thumb wasn't that strong. Like, and he would try to like wrap his thumb. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. This feels weird. I feel weak. Um, it's the craziest thing. But, you know, everybody has their, their individual um, individualities, I guess. I mean, I guess gymnasts, I'm thinking about gymnasts. I know, uh, what was it? Brandis used to talk about how, because going into CrossFit, she would never wrap her thumb with anything. She's like, no, thumb means stop. If I ever want to stop. So she would do like seven, eight muscle ups. And whenever she wanted to stop, she would wrap her thumb to slow her momentum down, to slow her down the bar. Oh, so for gymnastics? Her, she, yeah. That's so for her, she always said thumb means break, which is something I never thought of because I was never a gymnast, but it made sense. But yeah, I guess they like slide around on that bar too, because they're the way they're doing it. And they've got mm-hmm. those like uh, gymnastics grips. Um, those bars are a little bit different too. They're I've, thicker, I've played around with them before, but uh, like the gymnastics bars that you're doing um, like uneven bars on. I'd like to go into a gymnastics gym again and kind of mess around. <laughs> yeah, I still need to get a backflip. Yeah. I, you, I need a backflip. You know what I do every time I do a backflip is uh, for some reason, like I get super tense in my jaw. And I do a backflip and then my jaw hurts. You know, I don't, I don't grind my teeth or anything. I just, uh, I don't know, just like the added stress and danger of doing a backflip makes me tense up my jaw. Nothing else does that. It's just backflips. And uh, maybe it's just like the front of my neck and everything, just the whole like flinging my head back. Um, so I haven't done them in a while. Yeah, if I'm that. not on a trampoline, I'm not doing a backflip. <laughs> yeah well even on a trampoline like i for some reason like even the trampoline's not as aggressive but i uh, i tense up my jaw on a trampoline too so i start playing with my kids and do a backflip and trying to show off or something and then the jaw hurts for another hour you know it's not worth it that's what I happens when you did get old. on a trampoline I, I i never did them on a trampoline so the one time that i really had a day i guess it was it was a couple months ago there were two people at the gym that were going to spot me on it. So we got out mats and either I would over rotate or under, and then she would save me from dying. But I just, I would get up and I would have no clue where I was. And then I'd watch the video and I just over rotated and landed on my back. I just, I never, I don't have that awareness in the air. Yeah. I just it, never played with it. I think it's easier in a gymnastics gym because well, one, they've got those bouncy floors I don't think you have a problem with being able to jump jump high enough, but uh, the bouncy floors make it a little bit easier to miss the backflip and like fall down because it's soft and it kind of absorbs that impact. But 
Yeah, they can feel kind of dangerous. So don't get hurt. We would rather have you good at weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, the sketchy, the sketchy things that we do are a little different. And I, I just, I don't view weightlifting as being sketchy. But I always remember what Nabil said. It was after I dislocated my shoulder in 2018. And I'm sitting in my apartment and my friend came over and I'm just looking at him and I'm watching the video. I'm like, man, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything. I don't understand what happened. I didn't do anything. And he looked at me. He's like, well, you decided you wanted to sling almost 300 pounds over your head in one motion. That was kind of sketchy, my man. I was like, ah, I guess I, guess I see what you mean there. So I guess we do sketchy-ish things almost every day and don't even think about it because we just commit to getting under the bar. So I guess a backflip probably isn't as sketchy as snatching 125 keys, but eh, yeah, we trust well, one more than the other. Could be sketchier. Yeah. So that, that, that brings me to a good topic is uh, – it's uh, the reason it's not sketchy is because it's rehearsed so much. You've done so many movements of the same thing at lighter weights, kind of progressing up to it. Um, so there's no outside influence either. There's no ball flying at you while you're doing the backflip or while you're doing the snatch. There's no, uh, there's nobody running trying to tackle you while you're snatching <laughs> 300 pounds. Um, and there's, there's just no uh, unknowns. Everything's known. And that's kind of what makes uh, weightlifting kind of a low risk sport. Um, and I'm sure it's the same with uh, gymnastics. I mean, once they, uh, you know, once they learn the backflip and they develop that confidence, there's not a lot of unknown things that are going to be coming. It's just a very well rehearsed and kind of a safe movement. Um, but from the outside, you know, these people are doing backflips. It's kind of uh, what in the heck's going on? They're flipping in the air. You're not supposed to do that, but. Uh, I remember watching a gymnast do a backflip on cement wearing Uggs. Uggs, a, a North Face, and a scarf on. She's like, oh, no, it's fine, and just flipped. Like, oh, if, it doesn't, okay. if it doesn't make you stronger, why do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a little different. There was a time back in 2017. It might have been before that because was, I was still lifting with Jamie. It was before we went to Howe, and it was the start of the year, and we wanted to count every snatch attempt that we had for the whole year from empty bar up. Cause we were thinking how many reps do we actually get a year? Cause we were still lifting in a CrossFit gym and CrossFitters would see us. I mean, we were doing Jackie was still doing our programming. So we were snatching three, four days a week. Um, so we just wanted to count how many actual reps do we get from empty bar up to whatever our best snatch was at the time. And within two weeks we were at over 300 and we just stopped counting because we were counting all of our warm up reps. And when we got over 300, like, all right, hadn't even been two weeks. Let's not count. So we have done thousands and thousands of snatch attempts and don't even think about it. Yeah. So if you could go back, um, this is a kind of a, a debated topic. What weight do you think is more relevant to count from? Like what percentage? Percentage. You said you started the bar. You think it's relevant to count how many reps you do starting at the bar? Or do you think it's relevant to start it? 60%, 80%. So I was thinking about this earlier today when I was thinking, like today, uh, what we have for our program, it's not really heavy, but on days like that, I, I exaggerate my warm up. So I, I think there's a lot of quality in just the warm up. Sometimes if we're, if we have to snatch up to 60 kilos, I'm still going to take all of those normal muscle snatch reps at 50 kilos, like I would in a warm up, and then start power snatching and then going into full snatch. So if I'm talking about learning the movement, 
I would count from the empty bar. Now, if we're talking about getting stronger, I wouldn't count anything below 70. Yeah, I'd say about 70% if I'm thinking about strength. But if I'm thinking about just the movement and practicing the movement, I would say everything from the empty bar, which is something I've talked to. I've talked to one of the guys here about it before because we just have so many more reps of snatching and clean and jerk than they do. We just snatch all the time. So there are days when uh, I think it was Tuesday where I didn't feel good and it was only 70%. So everything looked fine, but I could just tell I was off here. I was catching it too soon there. I wasn't meeting the bar as well here. And we just got, a, we just get a bunch of reps of learning where we are in space and feeling where the bar is that they don't get yet. And, so and I would, they, they would be like the, uh, uh West Virginia kids. No, oh, West, Virginia yeah, the West Virginia kids. I mean, they're, they're still, they're doing They do a lot of squats and a lot of pulls and they'll do, um, snatch from power position. And then on Saturday they'll actually snatch, but we'll snatch three day three days a week. And even if it's light, when we have the days where it's six by two at 60%, those days, normally I don't feel great because it's after something, which is why it's at 60%. But those are the days when I still think about it, like, all right, where's the bar at? Are you meeting the bar properly? Are your feet moving evenly? And those are the reps that I think are quality that people just ignore and rush through it because you can. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective about the difference between counting reps for learning the technique and counting reps for actual development of, uh, you know, progress in the one rep max of the snatch. I would, I would say they both correlate because in order to have good technique, you have to touch the heavier weight too. So why would you separate the, the strength from the technical aspect? <clears throat> okay. So, so go ahead. Jen. Think, think of it this way, George. Um, think of it from a programming point of view as far as, you know, like prescribing load. So, you know, you might do like one day you might need, you know, 20 reps with the bar to get warm because of some other outside circumstance. And then another day you might only need 10. Um, and if you count it only like the, the reps from there, you would kind of get a, a skewed final number. So there's like one, one number about like how to get the technique down and like getting practice in position. Um, but then there's the other number, which is like, you know, the percentage based, you know, the loaded reps would be more, uh, they would have more of a factor with how strong you're getting. Cause you wouldn't really get strong with a barbell. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about it as like, I guess uh, cause I'm also the mental person also think about the type of athlete that you're doing this with. So there are the athletes where they have to feel something heavy all the time. They, they have to feel confident getting under whatever bar. If they haven't had 95% on a bar in three months, they're going to get to 95 and say, I want to feel the weight. There are those people. And then there are the other people where if they feel good moving lightweight, they'll be fine. Like if, if I'm moving, if I'm snatching 110 over and over every day, I, and I, it feels good, I'm not concerned with whether I can snatch 125 or not because I, I know I can. If I move the same way with 125 that I do with 110, I will snatch 125. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. But other people would but say, well, you, I want to feel the heavy load. If you don't touch that weight, you you can't necessarily say that you're going to move the same. Because, for example, 
I'll use myself for example. I can smoke 121, 122, look fine. And then I put 125 on the bar, my right foot kicks out. So in order yeah. for me to get technically better, I got to get the heavier weights too. And it's the same. The, the thing I'm thinking about too is like average intensity. So yeah, you're saying don't count all of the empty bar or like all the 40 or all the 50 or all the 60. But then if you don't count those and you only count the 80s or the 70s and higher, then how do you know you're not overtraining or you could be possibly leading down the rabbit hole of overtraining? Because if you add all of them up, then you can get a true average intensity. Um, well, I'm, so if I'm looking at with snatch, if I'm looking at snatch, I don't view a 60 kilo snatch as adding any benefit to me other than positioning work. Uh, I don't feel like it's heavy enough so for me speed? to get a stimulus. Uh, for speed? About 65 to 75, you don't think you could work on speed? No, I, I think I could work on that, but I'm not I'm not taking that. Speed, I'm not counting that toward. Speed makes you tired too, though, when you're trying to work on speed. That's just as tiring if you're truly working on speed. Hmm. I did tell Amanda the other day that James slowed me down in my snatch. So, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I did used to dive to the bottom. So, I, I don't dive to the bottom anymore. Um, so, I guess with speed, I can see what you're saying with speed. And especially I, if you're trying to practice maximum bar height, because like there for a minute when we were talking in the group chat about, um, you know, maybe dropping under the jerk a little bit more instead of working on maximum bar height, I started dropping underneath more, but then through a loop in the way that I process, because the way that I think is, max power production, maximum bar height. That's how I treat all my lifts. And then it's mm-hmm. like trying to drop under now. Yeah, I'm saving energy, but it makes me more loose and I can't stay as tight. So when I'm I actually do think working, about max bar height, I, that, that is something that I think about too, I, especially with jerks. I do think about max bar height. And instead of me thinking about dropping under, I think I allow my hips to sink until my arms lock. So I will try to drive it as high as I possibly can. And then just keep pushing until that my arms straight. And as soon as they do, press into the bar. So I, I don't think about diving under like I used to with a snatch. I just think as soon as that bar comes off me, I just focus on my elbows. And once my elbows lock out, I'm good. Yeah. So if you're, but what I'm saying is if you're training maximum bar height on all the lifts, whether it's lighter or heavier, you're going to get a greater stimulus than just trying to meet the bar wherever you pull it to that day. If you're constantly focused on trying to get that same bar height every time. So, yeah, that's a good, good point. Um, How do you distinguish those reps from your technique reps? Mm. Maybe that's why 125 gets funky. Yeah, but at the same time, too, when I'm trying to think about technique, I try to treat every single rep the same from light all the way up to heavy. Mm-hmm. So I don't really try to distinguish the two. I try to make them all look the same. And I try I, to I mean, drill. that is the I goal. Try to, I try to use the drills as the true technical, I guess, the true technical enhancer. And I'll try to take the drills and carry them back over. But I try to make everything look the same from 40% all the way up to 100%. I try to lift it as fast as possible, try to meet it as high as possible. I mean, that is the goal. That is what I try to do with everything. I want them to look the same. When I grab a 50 kilo snatch, I want it to look perfect the same way I'd want 110 or 115 to look perfect. But here's another another thing I was going to ask you too, though. Because if I'm not mistaken, you're always like, if it's not heavy, it doesn't look good. 
So then maybe if you're <laughs> if you're separating the technical lift from the heavy lift, that's why your lighter lifts are struggling more than your heavier lifts. Because you're not treating them the same when you're approaching it. I I do think I treat them the same. I I do think that I treat them the same. But snatching a one hundred kilos one oh five, there's just more to pull against. So while I am trying to move the bar the same, me weighing eighty three kilos the bar moves different. A 60 kilo snatch moves different than a 110 does. It, it's going to move different just because the load is different. So how I will move in the air is going to be slightly different. I'm still trying to get the max height. I'm still trying to pull in the same position, but how my body's going to move in the air around a 115 snatch is going to be slightly different than a 60 kilo snatch. So I'm going to add some more information to this. So uh, Don McCauley, used to coach like that every rep with maximum bar height. Um, and he would, uh, you know, he would focus on, you know, if a, a snatch would just be a missed power snatch almost as kind of, he would take it to that extreme. Um, and this is when I first met him, that was kind of his philosophy. Uh, also his philosophy back then, as far as programming was very low volume. So in a way, those reps that he was getting in there, which a snatch was a missed power snatch, was a lot of high effort reps, even though they were only, you know, the average intensity was generally pretty low. It was, you know, you're when you're going after 80%, it was like a max pull, you know, a max power snatch, but then you just missed it and it became a snatch. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, that worked well for him. And then when he kind of moved into the world of uh, Glenn Pendley and uh, and then after that, Travis Mash, where people are training nine times a week, that didn't work out quite as well because training volume had increased so much that uh, you just couldn't do that in, in that system. And then he kind of switched his technique based on his program. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe the the maximum the the total volume of training has a little bit to do with which way you think about the lifts. That makes sense. I do like the the thing that you said about power, but I heard it from Dave Spitz. Um, I was watching; it was a Cal Strength video, and somebody missed uh, power, and like when they caught it, they just they bailed it. They knew they weren't going to power it. And he said, uh, miss power should always be a made full because if you're trying to power, you have the bar height for a full. So don't just miss the lift, make the full, which I, I like that thought process. Um, especially since I, I don't meet the bar very well, at least in clean, I'm getting better, but I don't meet the bar very well. So I do think power my cleans which I, that's something I've changed in my warm-up, which you haven't seen. Normally, I'll power up to like 130, 145. I'll alternate. I'll do a full, I'll do a power, and I'll keep doing that up to over 80%. So I can keep trying to meet it like I'm going to power it. Um, with snatch, I am trying to high point the snatch every time. Even on those days when I'm empty and it feels gone after like our Mondays when we had squats and a lot of lifts, I'm still trying to high point that bar and ride it down. But on those days when I can just tell that it's not there and I can tell off the floor it's slow and I can tell I'm not getting bar height, those are the days when I think about trying to move it properly and knowing that if I move this 
75 kilo snatch properly when my legs are good and my back is good and I'm not tired anymore and I haven't beat myself up with bands from the day before, if I do that exact same movement pattern, it'll work with 127. Yeah, but it's training intent. You still have to have that intent of meeting the bar as high as possible, whether you're tired mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, no, I like you have to have that intent, but you know the days when you're snatching 90 kilos and it doesn't feel like you did on Tuesday. You, you still have the yeah. intent where you're still trying to get it. And when I feel that, I'm like, all right, still try to get the bar up there. But make sure you're moving it right. It doesn't matter how it feels. Those are the days when it feels bad and people are like, oh, uh, it's, it's, I just got to get through today. Don't think about it as getting through today. Think about it as if I can move this bar properly and keep trying to get that max bar height, this is what 127 is going to feel like. I'm just tired right now, so it's only 90. But when I yeah, feel I good, this is what 127 is going to feel like. Yeah, 100%. All right, so the next, uh, the next factor in there is what about rhythm? What about rhythm in that? So think of the difference between, let's say, a Lu Zhaozhen, um, very rhythmic snatcher, versus uh, like a Louis Mos- Mosquero from uh, Colombia, uh, where his snatches pretty much look like power snatches, all of them. Yeah. You know, the differences in rhythm and all of that stuff. How do you get your your rhythm practice? I feel like rhythm starts with the empty bar all the way up, though, because if the empty bar is filling off, then everything's going to fill off to me. But if I'm feeling pretty good with the empty bar, then everything seems to seems to flow. Or even if I'm filling off with the empty bar and I spend a little bit more time with like the empty bar, or maybe like 50 kilos, then by the time I get to my working set, I have a lot better rhythm. Um, I agree. I go. I, I think the empty bar by the time you snatch 50, like you know how you're feeling that day and you should try to keep that same rhythm. Um, I think about it with the sounds, like you want the sounds, you want the timing of the sounds to be the exact same, whether it's 50, 70, 90, it doesn't matter. You want it to be the same. So I think an empty bar is when that starts. So how do you make uh, the rhythm the same at an empty bar as 90% when you're trying to get max bar height? Mm, you, um, the way I think about it is I think about it as, okay, how much intensity and how much power does this bar need to receive maximum bar height? And then I kind of just base my tempo of the pool off of the weight that's in my hands. Mm. So you bring you bring the intensity of the pool down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say down, though, because the intensity is still as high as possible for me to reach maximum bar height. I would say I just kind of take the pull a little bit slower, but then by the time I get to the explosive extension, that change of direction is still as fast and as violent as possible. Yeah, I keep the change of direction the exact same. Um, what's uh, Greg Everett did a video about this the other day. Uh, well, I'll say the other day. It was probably like a year ago. About how mm-hmm. people will slow down everything, but the turnover should be just as fast as your heaviest lift. So don't slow that down because then that's when you start missing lifts because, oh, I wasn't ready to move fast. So keep the turnover fast. If I'm snatching an empty barbell, the bar is just going to, it's, it's just going to be higher and the heavier the load gets, I'll just catch it lower and lower because I'm not, I don't slow down my pull or, or relax on the pull at all, whether it's 70 or not. I do yeah, go all out on think- a 70. Yeah, because it's heavier, so it's fast. It's easier for you to pull yourself under. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the bar is still reaching your maximum bar height. 
whether it's lighter or heavier. <clears throat> All right. So next one, 70%, the bar height gets, let's just, I'm just going to say a random number. I don't know. This isn't based in science. Let's say it reaches 50 inches tall with 70%. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you transition under it. Um, then at 80%, it reaches 45 inches high. Um, and then you go under it. That means you have five more inches that you have to move your body to go underneath that bar because the bar height is lower. Mm-hmm. When did you get a chance to practice moving your body five inches more when transitioning under the bar? Well, since the load's heavier, you have more to pull against. So your turnover is going to be faster. So instead of me thinking about the, oh, the bar is five inches lower, I'm thinking the bar is heavier. So when I pulled against it just as aggressively, since that load is heavier, I went under the bar a little faster, which is why I said the snatching 110 and 115, my body's going to move differently around that than at 65 kilos. You try to hit the same positions, but when you're in the air and you have 40 kilos, 30 kilos over your body weight in your hand, you're going to move a little faster when you pull against that bar than if it was 60. And see, this is what I was talking about where it comes to like you, while I was saying, I don't really think you should separate the strength from the technical aspect and like counting all the reps that you should like count all of them and add up to an average intensity is because in order to build that casting awareness at that heavier load and know like, Hey, it's still okay for me to get underneath this. And I know where I'm at right now. You have to, fill that heavier load. So it still builds technique. You don't have to just necessarily use the lighter load. Um, I, I see what you mean. And I think that this is something that it depends on the lifter and you have to know who that lifter is. Um, I said something to James last week about a lifter where I said, I thought that they didn't always need to be under a heavy load and that when the bar got heavy, they could turn it on because they did it right at a lighter weight. If they could do it right at 78% and 83%, when I put one one on the bar, they'll hit it. They were not that person. <laughs> but they just, they just weren't that person. But for me personally, that's how, that's how I view it. Like If I'm moving 78% right, if I have a snatch at 85% and it feels good and I know I, I don't need to touch 95%. So well, I, I think it depends on who that athlete is, which you don't know until you – until you either screw it up or figure out before you can kind of argue that but let's be honest if you're not touching those heavier loads often you're not going to make them often uh george well (laughs) one to quote james i'm the most inconsistent lifter he had ever seen i've gotten better now but i would never touch anything heavy i got especially with snatch the heaviest snatch you guys would see me hit at how would be a 113 snatch and then i would go hit 21 like I just, so I, it wasn't until you showed up that I would even snatch something over 90%. So I, I really didn't, I, I just, I couldn't in training and then I would go to a comp and become an asshole and just turn it on. And then I'd hit something wild, but I just, I really couldn't feel those heavy loads. I just, I couldn't do it in training, but I would think, all right, let's make this 78% look really good. And then I'd go out there and ask for one one on my second attempt. So what, right. would, so what would you want your average intensity to be then? Back then or now? Just in, like right now. Because you're saying that you don't need the heavier loads that often. So what would your average intensity no. be? So like, I, I don't need them, but I am way more consistent now. And I think that's very beneficial 
I do like that now I can snatch 90% every weekend. I, I do like that. Um, I do not want to go back to what I was before, but I'm saying that that did work and I could do it that way. And I do think that there are people that are like that, that don't need to feel that heavy load as often. And when they go to a comp, they just turn it on. Hmm. That's yeah. I'm not saying that's preferred. I'm saying that there are people like that. And when programming, you have to think about that because I, I did assume wrong programming for someone where I thought, oh, well, they snatch 83% every week under while they're tired. All right, cool. When when they're fresh, he'll hit 101%. And it, it wasn't that way. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different people like that too. I mean, so there's different people that uh, that might be at the same level that need a different kind of stimulus there. Sometimes it's a sometimes it's a physical thing, sometimes it's a mental thing. Uh, sometimes it's a technique thing. Sometimes it's a proportion thing. But, uh, the other thing too, that's interesting about this conversation is that that same person could switch and become a different person five years down the road. Um, so for, for example, like Tyree, um, you had seven kilos, which let's just say that was like 6%, um, a 6% increase from training to competition but you were super inconsistent. Now you are much more consistent. So that percentage has probably decreased. So now you're probably actually hitting more reps at a higher percentage. And now let's look at the other end of the spectrum. Let's look at, uh, I'll just use myself as an example. When I started weightlifting, I would go hard and I would go heavy like every week and I would hit some really high percentages and I would PR often and I'd hit about the same weights in competition, maybe, maybe just a little bit more. Um, but then as I progressed and I, uh, I got better and better, I hit those heavy weights less and less. Uh, so for example, I think leading up to a, a competition, I opened up at, uh, I don't know, somewhere around 150 and, uh, in the snatch and the most I'd hit in training the last three months might've been like 140 to 143. And I had no doubt that I was going to go out there and I was going to smoke my 150 opener. Um, but that was not the case a while, you know, when I was uh, more of the a couple years before that. So that uh, that was an example of kind of how I changed. And I kind of got to the point where I just couldn't um, physically handle hitting those weights that often in training without getting too beat up. And that's kind of where that factor came in. But I would still do really well in competition. Um, but you could also say that that's where I was kind of at my peak and I wasn't really progressing. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How did you mm -hmm. feel about were you already closer to your peak at this time? Or like, would you say you had already hit it? Or Yeah, so that was right around the time that I was hitting my best totals in competition. So that's, a, that's definitely a big factor in that too. So at that point, you're probably trying to maintain get a little bit better if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Getting like a kilo here, a kilo there, or optimize my competition performance. Um, using kind of other factors while keeping myself, <clears throat> um, injury free and fresh and just trying to strengthen up, you know, you're always trying to get stronger in like the squat and deadlift and stuff. But do you remember my first competition I did when I first started going to how? Um, I went, it was in, uh, Raleigh. Uh, you didn't come to that one. Uh, I forget the guy's name who counted for me. 
But leading up to that comp, the most that I had cleaned in those few months I'd been at how I think was, I think I'd clean and jerked 135. I think I'd clean and jerked 135. And you asked me what I was thinking at the comp. I was like, oh, I'm going to clean and jerk 150. And you were like, all right, well, one lift at a time. <laughs> And I was well, like, no, to be honest, I'll hit 150. I say that for, I say that for everyone, though. Sure. <laughs> but maybe I was like a stressful look on my face. Yeah. When I, heard you say. I was like, no, nah, I'll hit 150. I'll be fine. And you're like, all right, one lift at a time. So I go to that meet, um, opened one kilo below my PR at 144, hit it, PR'd my clean and jerk at 47, and then PR'd my clean at 50 and like started fading before the jerk. But Back then, I would never clean and jerk over. I would never clean and jerk 140 in training, but I knew I could open over 140 every single time, and I was never worried about it. Sorry. Now I'm and now I feel confident hitting 45 every weekend. But it's 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 kind of like what you said before. I knew I could open 10 10 12 kilos over anything I'd hit in training in three months. Now I'm not opening 12 kilos over what I hit every Saturday because now I'm hitting 45. 47 consistently so were you doing a lot of crossfit during this time still too though or were you just doing like strictly weightlifting no i i had switched to weightlifting at that point i was just i was just i was inconsistent and didn't realize how bad that was i thought oh yeah people miss lifts that's okay i hit them in competition that's all that matters i would i would never go a day without missing three lifts so i got a question for uh coach james what is a safe percentage you would say that you would allow for misses uh uh rephrase that question for me okay so i was i'll i'll put a little bit behind it so basically i was going through glenn's blog because you know his blog is still up and i would just go through every now and then and just kind of read some of his thoughts and he was talking about how like um if I'm not mistaken, he said at 85 or 85, like if as long as you're making 80 or 85% of your lifts, that 15 or 20% isn't necessarily that wrong because you're going to miss lifts in order to, like in order to PR, you're going to have to fill those heavier weights. You're not going to make them every single time, but you're going to have to push it to there. Yeah. So I would say you might be coming into more of the issue of missing too many lifts in a row. You know, so like if you miss three lifts in a row, you know, you're just going to start developing bad habits. Um, I think I might be more concerned about that. So I don't really have a specific uh, like percentage that sounds about right. But I would be more concerned with like, oh, you just missed that. Um, and then if they attempt it and then it looks better, but they still miss it, I might give them a third attempt. But even if that third attempt looks even better, it's just like, all right, no, you got three in a row. Like, you got to go down and make a good rep. Yeah, because um, I think 15 is a been, lot. I was going to say, I've been uh, basing that kind of off of your approach because I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, I normally tell my athletes two misses. Like, if you get two misses, it's time to move on and let's yep. try something else. And then after I was reading that blog, I was kind of like, he's also talking about the average, like you're talking about all the training for the whole week or the whole month, how many lifts are you missing? And then I was kind of putting in perspective, like, well, if they're only missing two, let's say on Friday and then two the next Friday and then two the next Friday, and they've did maybe 300 snatches just using Tyree's number, not mm -hmm. that's 100% accurate, just a number. That's not even close to 
they're making like 90s they're making like 90 or higher 90 percent or higher i think 15 is really high like i I think 15 is really high i would say you get two misses on the second miss all right go down hit something light to end on a make and move on because then i don't want you beating your head against the wall to make a lift that honestly probably doesn't even matter because sometimes you have days where you come in and you're missing 88 percent it's like i know you're capable of 88 percent you're either tired because of what you did before, something's off, you're up drinking all night. I don't care what it is, but I also don't care if you make that 88% today. That's not a PR. We're not in a competition. It's not worth doing getting bad habits and drilling this lift that you're missing over and over again. Go down, make something. You've had your two misses. Move on. Do you, do you know if Glenn uh, mentioned uh, what he counted his reps from? Like, Because he probably didn't count the bar. I think he counted from like 80% up, honestly. Yeah. I don't think that um, he included that in that blog post. Yeah. So if you think about that, let's just think the total amount of misses per the week. You've got three heavy days a week and you miss three each day. So that's nine reps. And let's just say they do um, 30 reps a day. Uh, and this would be in like the morning session and the evening session. Um, you're looking at 90 reps. And that sounds reasonable that's, for his numbers. Okay. So okay. it kind of goes back to our original question is, what are you counting as your reps? And what was Glenn counting as his reps? Um, unless he said something specific from my memory, he really didn't count anything below 80% as like significant rep. Okay. Yeah. I, I, when, when I started thinking about percentage wise, I was thinking from like a snatching like 90 kilos, which is, it's not 80, that's not 80%, but I was thinking uh, that's where I started. So I started from 70%. Without thinking about it, I visualize 70%. I'm thinking if I start missing at 70%, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, percentages just have to have, uh, they just have to have some context. Um, but yeah, missing reps, you know, you don't want to miss too many. But again, you have to miss if you're going to go heavy. I like to always end on a make. So like, even yeah. if I am going heavy that day and I end up missing twice and I have to move on, I'll just do a drop set real quick so I can get that last yep. make before I move on. So yeah, James, how practice. do you feel about the, the way um, Jared Enderton will do it? Uh, so Jared Enderton trained with John Bros and they would go heavy and they would just max out over and over and over again. And uh, they were all very inconsistent in competition, except... Uh, uh, Angelo Bianco. Um, hmm. but everyone else, they all missed reps in competition. Like their average competition lifts were like two for six. <laughs> so did you see that video of him missing? It was like a 144, 145 snatch. He missed it 19 times to the point where he changed shirts and said he thought the shirt was bad luck, changed shoes. And he just kept going. And then he made it on his 20th rep. And I view that as, well, I mean, I'm not snatching 145. And I, it's not a PR for him, so I also don't give a damn that he hit it on his 20th rep because he would have bombed out already. And also, you did that to say, hey, I could hit this when we already knew that. Nothing was gained by that. You just did 20 max effort pulls. That was a waste yeah. of time. How are you going to feel tomorrow? Because now you just screwed up tomorrow's training to hit something that nobody – it was for nothing. Nobody cares that you snatched that because everybody already knew you were capable of it. You had an off day. Nobody viewed you as any less if you stopped after two misses. Now you just killed your back. 
Yeah, he also had a ridiculous work capacity. Like his ability to like do that was crazy, you know. Uh, so I, I'm kind of split on this one. Um, me and Travis had this talk about uh, one time. One time he went after a PR attempt 13 times, and then he made it on the 13th rep. Uh, PR uh, attempt, okay. Yeah, and it was a PR, so normally you would think like it was a snatch. Um, and you would think that uh, you would, uh, you know, not have the energy, but uh, strength uh, was not his limiting factor on the snatch. It was like bar placement. His bar placement had to be perfect for him to make that good snatch. Um, so his limiting factor allowed him to do that. So he had the uh, he had the the strength reserve to be able to take those thirteen attempts. But he argued that there was some value, some mental value in doing that, like once a year or something, you know, something very rare. Like you can't just do that all the time because then you just become inconsistent in competition. But that like mental push of going all out, getting 13, 19 max effort pulls, you know, your back might be trash, but, um, you know, you you might have just pushed yourself into some super compensation there too. Um, but that's also a PR attempt. Like I, for PR attempts, I give way more wiggle room than – so if if I were to tell you that I did this and that I had an off day and I took 19 attempts for me to snatch 113, nobody cares that I snatch 113. That's it's 90%. So there was nothing to be gained. Well – what do you think about that? Like that's, I, I feel I feel it's different if you're taking PR attempts that's, to do something that heavy, you've never done. But so, what would that be percentage wise for you? What one thirteen? Yeah, ninety. So it'd be 90%. a heavy. That's, that's still a heavy percentage. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm so. not saying it's not heavy. No, that is a heavy attempt, and I, I am still. It is going to do what I was talking about with Enderton. It it is going to do what I was said talking about Enderton doing so many max effort pulls. That's definitely still going to happen. But I don't see the benefit in me. If I tell you guys, hey, I missed 113 today, you're going to say, okay, it was an off day. You're not going to view it any different. Or I tell you, I took 19 attempts. I made it on the 19th. You're going to say, okay, you've snatched 113 before. You still had an off day because you missed it 18 times. What is that beneficial? If it was a PR, I get why Travis, like that's PR. Okay. But for lower percentages, I just, I don't see it being beneficial. 90 is not a low percentage though. You have to. Well, uh, non PRs, even if okay. it was, even if it was, if I was trying to do this with 121, like let's say we're doing it at 96%. If I'm trying to do this with 121 or 123, I still don't see the benefit because I've done more. Yeah. So speaking from a strictly programming point of view, um, what you're saying makes very logical sense. Um, but if you think of it from a mental or, um, you know, even from like, well, let's just say Jared Enderton, um, probably when he did that, he was looking to get views on YouTube. Um, you know, people can relate to the struggle and then success. Um, you know, let's, let's look at Rocky movie, you know, Rocky could have just become a better boxer instead of just getting hit all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, logically, you know, that makes sense. But uh, then that's not what people relate to when it comes to Rocky. And uh, if that brings you some motivation to train hard, you know, there's a little bit of that factor in there, too. And, it, and I think that comes down to the individual. 
Um, but if you don't need that for motivation, you're probably going to be better off. Maybe I should just put it that way. You know, yeah. it's a, <laughs> which I think that goes back to the same type of person that I was talking about before where there are certain people that can hit 78% and 83% and they're like, Hey, if I'm moving it right, put one one on the bar and I'll do the same thing when I'm fresh. And then there are those other people that want those heavy loads and they want to feel it. And I, I just, I guess I just can't relate because I've never wanted, I've never wanted to be that person. And I don't think I am. Yeah. I, I, I don't relate to that because I've never been in that position to ever say, I, I want to feel something heavy. I want to feel a heavy snatch to figure it out. If I went and pulled a, a heavy snatch or heavy clean and jerk, my mind goes to, damn it, you, you, that might have been your quality pull and now your back's going to be tired. See, I think I look at them different, the lifts differently than you do. Because mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about snatch and clean and jerk, I'm not thinking of the weight being heavy because it's not close to my maximum strength as mm-hmm. far as like my pull strength or my squat strength. So when I'm doing these lifts, I'm like, okay, I got to feel this weight. It's not really that heavy. In order for me to get better at this weight, I have to get more attempts at it. So that's why I count it the way that I count it, honestly. Yeah, no, my, you are. strength reserve. Yeah, your strength reserve is way higher than mine. So that's, that's, that probably has a lot to do with it. Cause I don't, at no point do I want to feel something heavy. I'm like, all right, however, it's going to feel how it's going to feel. And if I do it right, I'll hit it. I, I don't want to see how it feels. If I move it properly, I know I'm strong enough for whatever lift. Like James isn't going to let me go on a platform just to take a lift. Like, oh, I know he can't hit it. I just want to feel it. If James put it on the bar, that means I'm strong enough to hit it. So I need to go out there and know, like, move it like I did 83%, I'll be okay. And that's how I view it in training, too. If I move it right, I'll be okay. And I've never wanted to feel the the heavy lift. And I mentally feel like, oh, damn it, you just burned yourself. You only have so See, many good pulls. It's the timing for me because, I, like I was telling you guys earlier, I like to focus on maximum bar height from empty bar all the way up. So when I get to that heavier load, I have to feel the timing of the pull. And how high it's actually going to be in order for me to possibly make that lift or make the lift that day or in the near future. I feel and like I'm okay with like my, that 125 I hit was nowhere near as high as the one seven, like my opener. I, I think I opened at 17 and in the video, you can see it crash on me, the 17. Like I just, I mistimed it, but I'm never worried about that. I'm thinking as long as I open and pull myself under, I'll be, I'll have the room. I know I'll have the room. I know I'll lock it out. So I'm I'm not concerned about the timing when I go for a heavy attempt. That's that's just not something that I I think about. I think about having the strength to get that max height on it and know whatever that max height is for me, I'm capable of whatever weights on the bar. I just got to do it. Yeah. So uh, another interesting thing, um, George, that might help you is uh, when we do complexes. You know, you're doing a complex to say you do like three pulls and then like two snatches or something like that. Um, you're going to be pre-exhausted. So your bar height, even if you're trying to get maximum bar height, you're going to be pre-exhausted. So it's only going to go so high. That gives you another opportunity to practice going under max effort um, lifts um, under fatigue. Um, so then you're getting more practice of that rhythm because the bar height's only getting so high. So then you can practice going down, moving your body that five extra inches and still keeping it fast. That's um, complex. It kills me. 
Yeah, that uh, that that's why complexes are really valuable, I think, because they gives you more reps at manageable percentages while still uh, getting the stimulus of the max effort. That's and, why I like uh, triples. I like triples for that same reason. That third lift doesn't feel yeah. as good as the first lift, but it's it's going to be where it needs to be. Yeah, so you get more practice there. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's lots of different ways to go about things, uh, and that's one of the fun things about a coach or about being a coach is that uh, sometimes you just put yourself in a different situation, put yourself in someone else's shoes, even if you can't relate to them personally, you know, seeing it from their point of view and then adjusting the program to fit, uh, fit the needs of the athlete, even if it doesn't 100% make sense, um, to you personally, you know, each athlete kind of thinks about things quite a bit differently. But, uh, I think, uh, I think that's a good place to end today. Um, I think that was a pretty interesting conversation. Um, I hope, uh, hope everyone kind of got some, uh, interesting perspectives out of that. Uh, so, uh, to round this off, um, George, where can people find you? At George81KG or at the House of Weightlifting page on Instagram. And Tyree? And I am Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. And check out the WV Weightlifting Instagram page. All right. And uh, houseofweightlifting.com. And uh, make sure you check out the podcast and the YouTube videos. We have been putting those up on the blog every week. Um, I've been trying this thing. I've only done it for a week where I go on Instagram and Facebook once a week. So we'll see how that goes. So if you shoot me a message on there and I don't respond, it'll probably be a week later. I'll get around to it. All right. I uh, appreciate it guys. Thanks for listening.